Hi, I'm Andrew Begovic, and you're watching Euro Trips. It's going to be a France win, and it's, it's going to be like 2 0 France. Yeah, I can't see. I can't see Switzerland getting anything against France. To be fair, five nil France. <laughs> will be the most out of all of them. I think this one will be um, have the least sort of action. I think it will be very one sided. I think that France will just dominate this game. <laughs> you made us look like mugs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. The knockout stages are underway and we are through the first full round of knockouts as we now look forward to the quarterfinals of the European Championships. My name is Andy, I am your host and once again I'm joined by our series regulars Naeem, Ryan and Alex. How are you boys? Yeah, I'm alright, thank you. Yeah, a little violated after the intro, we're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all good man, I'm all good. Yeah, I know. I think we all have been. This goes for like everyone, not just myself, but as it goes for most people in the whole footballing world. I think everyone thought France would win that game, and a lot of people thought they'd win the whole tournament. So um, that was definitely one of the shocks of the round. Obviously, we'll we'll get into that game later on in the pod. Um, but yeah, um, so what we're going to do? Um, similar sort of processes we have done the last few weeks. So basically, we'll just go through each game uh, and sort of um, talk about how they went and sort of what your views were of the game. And then obviously we'll then later on in the pod, we'll also go for our predictions once again, but this time for the quarterfinals. So let's off. There'll be obviously four games to pick from. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to start off with the first game of the knockouts, which was uh, Wales against Denmark. And this one is probably the hardest to talk about. I think it's, um, obviously we don't know. Wales are, are out the tournament. Their, their journey is over. Um, after a 4 0 loss to Denmark. Wait, sorry, uh, Andy, your, your mic buzz. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> huh? um, no, you're what? okay, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I will say it. But yeah, I think um, in terms of Wales, I think we sadly went out 4 um, 0. They got two early goals, and then towards the end, uh, there was also two goals for Braithwaite, and I can't even, I don't even know how you pronounce his name, but um, yeah, they sort of, that was either side of a of a Mahali Wilson red card. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think on that one, I think in terms of that one, I think for us, it's still, I think it's still an achievement. I think we can still be proud of our achievements. I think to get to where we did get to the uh, knockouts was probably a lot more than maybe some people, particularly in this podcast, thought we'd do. So I think we did well in that sense um, to, um, yeah, you know, to um, get where we did in the tournament. I think that in terms of the game itself, I think that it's... Um, Sort of, I think Denmark game plan was excellent. I think they completely took Ramsey out of the game. I think if you, the first 15 minutes or so, we were looking like the better team at one point. I think Bale had a couple of chances, was looking dangerous. But then, uh, as the game went on, um, especially after the first goal went in, it just it was just one sided completely. And I think that uh, they, they, they deserved all the win. And I think I will say I'd rather have lost like we did then than say we lost to a one nil, for example. And uh, there was like a controversial decision. And it's, there's no there's no sort of what ifs in this game for me. I think. To get to get tournament in first place with some of our players getting older, 
uh, in sort of a transition phase and to get to knockouts especially I think for me is an achievement I think we should be proud it's only our third ever major tournament so I think for myself and probably a lot of Welsh people I don't think there's too many people thinking oh we, we, we could have done something else I think we just we just knew we, we were outplayed we were just out tactic nothing overall we just weren't at the races and I think that's probably is more reassuring than um, say for example maybe someone like Sweden who lost in late on yesterday so yeah for me um, I don't know what I'll, I'll let um, Ryan go first on this one. Uh, well, what did you think of the game? Uh, it's, I mean, you summed it up quite quite well, really. I mean, like I say, Wales were in it in sort of little spurts here and there, but as soon as Denmark got that first goal, I couldn't really see anything else than a than a win. I didn't think they'd score four, but like I say. As soon as they uh, got the second, they were just dominant. Then they got mm. the third. Wilson got sent off. They got the fourth. One thing I will say, I thought the referee in that game was appalling. Oh, this is the second goal. I mean, that goal should not have happened. I mean, that was definitely a foul on Kiefer Moore. Um, yeah, but even 100%. if that hadn't gone in, they still would have won the game. So I'm not too like annoyed at the referee. Because I think even if... I mean, maybe if they'd won, though, maybe we could, we could make the equaliser like, like against Switzerland, for example. But you've also got to question Nico Williams there. His defending for that goal was atrocious. And I think... He was awful against Italy as well, and I think he's shown that maybe he's not quite good enough for Liverpool. I, I think we will sell him in the summer. Um, so, yeah, there's that as well as part of the goal. So, all round, it was an absolute disaster, really, that goal. Yeah, I thought the... I didn't really think one... I, I couldn't find one sort of Welsh player that really had a good game. I mean, they tried. Uh, there's no, you know, certainly no lack of trying. And I feel like as, as the game got later on, the players were just starting to lose their heads more and more. Obviously, Wilson got sent off. It wasn't a sending off, in my opinion, either. No. Uh, and obviously, like you could see the frustration in, in Gareth Bale as well, with especially the referee. And obviously, uh, the manager felt that the whole sort of tournament was kind of against them, in a sense, because of the amount of travelling that they've done, mm. which I can understand. Because I never liked the idea of a competition being held over multiple countries. It mm. takes takes the atmosphere away from everything. But yeah, Denmark were were really impressive and they they're a team to be feared, I think, by everyone. They have they they, yeah. gen, they gen, mm. generally have no no fear of anyone and they're just gonna go out and try and score goals and they've got good players on the show as well. So it was it was it was an entertaining game to watch. Yeah, and I think in terms of the tournament, I think it's one of those ones where Obviously, COVID would be different if it wasn't for COVID. I do think that um, it's a sort of a tournament designed to be really good for the fans, but not good for the players. And I do think that um, if you're a fan watching it in sort of a normal time before all this happened, um, I do think that it'd be great for fans. So if you can travel around Europe to see a team, but I think for the players, it's absolutely dreadful. Um, and in terms of Denmark, I put a tweet out about a few days ago about um, I thought Denmark were making a final. But I do think, I think now with France out, I think Denmark could win the whole thing. I really do. That's my bold prediction for the episode. I do think that even though their team's on paper not as good as most teams in this tournament, but there's, there's something about them. There's something about the spirit they've got. There's something about um, the togetherness you can see with the fans and, and the players and stuff like that. And I do think that that can, go, that can help teams go a long way. Uh, whether or not they'll beat the likes of Belgium, Ritalin in the final, I don't know. But I just got a feeling they're going to make the final, and I got a feeling they they could win the whole thing. But I'll let you guys, um, you, you, you two, decide it as well. I mean, um, Naeem, what were your thoughts on on this game? And do you think Denmark can make it far, or do you think um, they'll come up short in 
the next round or two. I kind of um, mirror the same thoughts what you and Ryan were saying, really. Um, with Wales, they obviously had a, they had a decent like fifteen to twenty minute spell in it at the start of the game. Mm, but then yeah. once Dolberg scored, um, it was quite a good goal to be fair. Once he scored that goal, the momentum kind of just shifted towards Denmark, and after that, you couldn't really see uh, any other winners apart from Denmark. Um, they, yeah, they've been playing really well. Um, after that Ericsson incident, I thought they would have you know just kind of failed out and just gone out on a whimper. But yeah, they're, they're week by week they are um, they are quite they are surprising me quite a lot to be fair. So um, I think I think they probably I think they probably will get to the semis. Um, but it's, it's just a pens really because obviously both games are at Wembley, so you know it's a bit 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 of an advantage advantage if England get that far. But yeah, I reckon they can probably get to the final. To be fair, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've like you guys are saying, they've got a good team spirit at the moment. Um, all the players are playing well. Um, they're missing Paulson, but they still managed to score four goals. So, yeah, I think I think they'll they'll probably get to the uh, semi-finals, but they might just bow out. But you know, like with my predictions so far, they've been pretty wrong. So, <laughs> <as well. laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, they've they've been a good team to to watch so far in the tournament. Brilliant. Talking of wrong predictions and, and Wales, um, Alex, what were your thoughts on this game? Oh, if you want to fire shots, I'm, 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 don't worry, I'm coming straight back. So my my thoughts, <laughs> my thoughts on the game were, you know, Robbie Savage's favourite side. I just don't, I didn't think they showed enough desire. You know, I think that's what really let them down this game. Uh, and also, Andy, I'm like just to, because I don't, wanna, I don't have too many thoughts on this. But I, I'm curious. You mentioned in your um, a little review of the game, which is very good. You mentioned, you know, Wales have done quite well, which is true, in their transitional phase. I'm curious on the word transition, because transition means they're, like, you know, moving from one very good generation to the next. Mm. What's good in the next part of, like, what are they transitioning to, or is it just getting worse? Yeah, I mean, if you look at even, like, the the studio in BBC, you see a lot of those players who are in that tournament five years ago are in the punditry studio. So Ashley Williams has gone. Uh, Joe Ledley's no longer playing for them. Robson Carnu, Neil Taylor. A lot of these players that were there for years have either quit international football, but they aren't either. They aren't good anymore. They're in, they've quit international football. They've retired altogether. And I think that there's now there was a weird balance at one point between players that were too young and players that were too old. So I think there was that position of players like you know Joe Morrell, um, Daniel James. Uh, even Harry Wilson, uh, all these all these young players that we've had, and obviously who else we got? We got uh, Ben Davis still there. He was still there a few years ago. But a lot of the players that were in that team, actually a lot of them aren't there this time round. I do think that there was a period of when Giggs was in charge. Uh, whether he will be, I don't know from that from in the future now. But I think there's now a young sort of crop of players coming through. Like you look at um, Ethan Ampadu as well. All these players that are coming through, and I think there's no, 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 no. Ethan Ampadu and who? I want to hear the rest of these young players coming through. Uh, David Brooks, David Brooks in the uh, board, the board player. Oh, are we still um, going to count David Brooks as the captain injured? And is he? Is what? What did he do last season? Yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, you He's said and all these players coming through. I want to hear all of these Welsh talents coming through. Yeah. Joe Roden, Connor Roberts. Um... Who? Conor Roberts, the right back, the one who scored the uh, second goal against Turkey. Hey, we aren't as big as we aren't as big as you, English boys. When we're, we're not used to every year, you know, getting you guys getting losing the quarters is a, like a real disaster for you guys. For us, reaching the, reaching the quarters is like a massive achievement. So, 
you can't you can't compare the two. And I think you're used to having all these amazing players come through. Um, I think we are, unfortunately, we are, we are a small nation. Unfortunately, we, that does mean we do get less players developing through compared to like you know England and Italy, France. But I do think that. Um, I mean, I think our generation is our golden generation is slightly overdone with because um, because I think yeah, it's just Bale's obviously Bale and Ramsey are our two main guys, and I think they've probably only got one real major tournament left in them. Um, so I do think there's there's that as well. And I do think that we've got to make the most of trying to get into this World Cup in, in two years' time in Qatar. I do think that's probably our last chance of make, making a major tournament in maybe five, ten years. But I think there's definitely a chance for these young players I've mentioned to you know to develop to, to do all this stuff attached. So um, so yeah, I, I think yeah, and I think in terms of the game itself, I think also you got to look at the tactics. I think. We didn't really have a plan B in that game. I think there was a lot of times that we were, we were just lumping it up to Kiefer Moore. And then we just, yeah, so I, th- I think the tactics were wrong by Paige. And I think Giggs, if he is found not guilty, I don't think his job's in any danger. I think one thing, I think all of these points are very good, but we have spent 15 minutes talking about Wales. Yeah, well, whose fault is that? <laughs> um, just to clarify on this game, about our predictions, I mentioned we'll do predictions later on, but I said 1-1 with Wales winning on penalties. Alex said 1-0 Denmark. Ryan said 2-1 Denmark, as did Naeem. So, our next game is going to be Italy against Austria. So Italy made it through despite suffering a scare when Austria went 1-0 up, thanks to a Marco Nautovic header, before that header was ruled out by VAR. Uh, Italy took a extra time and they ended up winning 2-0 with Federico Chiesa and uh, Piscina getting the goals to give them a 2-0 lead before Austria through Kazalatic, getting goal back with five minutes left to give them hope. But in the end, Italy did win 2-1. Um, with actually the chaser goal was very nice, actually. He really impressed me when he played. Um, so, in terms of this game, Ryan, as someone who backed Italy in their predictions as a Louis finalist, but also someone who covers Syria, uh, what are your thoughts on the game? And do you think Italy can still win it, uh, get to the final and even win it now that France are out? They will still win it. There's no if about that, in my opinion. I think they still will because they've done well to overcome Austria. For Austria played mm. really, really well. Very. And I think against any other team, they may have got through. I think they were unlucky to come up against a really well-organised Italian side because, you know, they were, they were quite dominant, Italy, for most of the game. It's just that they didn't... They, as I mentioned it before, they don't have a a Ronaldo or a, or a Lukaku, or, you know, they don't have a, a talisman who scores goals like other clubs. I mean, they have a Mobile, but he's not as prolific. And they usually tend to rely on their wide players like Chiesa um, and Berardi and Insigne, you know. And so I think they've done well to, to beat Austria and especially going into extra time as well. I didn't, I thought it would be a little bit more comfortable. But I still see them making the final win. And I think, obviously, they've got a very tough game up you know, next, which is going to test them. And then a potential semi-final as well to Spain. So they, if, if they do win it, it will be the hardest possible way. But I still think they will. Yeah, and then um, someone who also backed Italy before the tournament was, was Naeem. Um, so, Naeem, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, there's more of a closer game than I thought I'd imagine it to be to be fair because I thought you know Italy coming to the knockout rounds they would you know just pretty much get get all the way to the final but Austria yeah they gave them they gave them a good game and you never know it could have gone to penalties in the end once um Austria got um that late goal in extra time but 
Yeah, it well, Italy's well, the, the biggest test is yet to come up now, so we'll, we'll see what they're really made of. Because if, if they play well, it's, it's, it's not like they played badly, but you know, if they if they once they come up against better teams, it's, we wanted to see how uh, well the quality is. And obviously, they conceded their first goal after god knows how many games, so yeah, we'll, um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, they, they looked good at Italy and um, Austria, yeah, they can be proud of themselves because yeah, they didn't really give up to be fair. and they did have quite a few chances um, to nick it, but yeah, I, I, I still sticking my prediction. Italy will be the losing finalists. Alex, any thoughts on this game? What your your views on this game? I really enjoyed it. I I, I was worried about these knockout stages because I thought like the good team, like I the Italy's the the the, the Frances, they they would be dominating the ball and struggling to unlock the weak team, which would be in like a really deep block and just hoofing the ball away. But I, I really admired Austria's approach of pressing verticality and kicking the shit out of Italy. Like every <laughs> tackle was so nasty and I loved every second of it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I thought Austria were really unlucky to uh, not go through it. It definitely weakened Italy's reputation. Um, on a side note, I almost uh, I, I did annoy an Austrian YouTuber, uh, no, called Lawrence Fiscoli, very good uh, yeah. friend. Um, I did WhatsApp him in the 119th minute, um, asking if he was pessing it off and uh, sending him the tallest Muller meme. Um, he wasn't too happy with that, but he seemed it very well. Yeah, I think definitely. I think Austria. I think uh, I think the goal was rightly ruled out. But I think Austria they had. Particularly, maybe not as much in extra time, but in normal time, they had definitely had their chance, and I think they definitely give a good count themselves. I think I remember watching that first half. I remember just how good they were defensively. And they were very, every time every, Italy would come to them, every time they deal with it, every time they meet meet with the ball, they, every time they would uh, basically uh, be, be give as good as they get. Really, so I think Austria, yeah, Austria can be very proud in this game. Um, in terms of the predictions in this game, uh, both myself and Ryan said three nil Italy, and uh, Alex and Nain both said two nil Italy. So in terms of that game, it was very, very sort of both. We all said we all sort of backed the result, and as as did everyone probably, and we ended up with, they ended up winning that game. So now we're on to one of the shocks of the of the round. Um, this one, um, it was Holland against Czech Republic. Um, in the end, uh, Holland the Czech Republic beat Holland two 0 uh, thanks to goals from Thomas Holles and Patrick Schick, who's been one of the big, the more sort of surprising stars of the tournament. Uh, but before those goals went in, there was a red card from Matthias De Litt, uh, in the 55th minute. Uh, that was for a handball, which they felt was denying a scoring opportunity. Um, Twitter sort of saw a mixed response to that to that red card, um, with some feeling it was and some feeling it wasn't a red card. Um, so I'm going to let you boys sort of, that's our main sort of talking point about this. Um, first of all, I want to hold my hands up because I did have Holland down as a losing finalist and I did constantly think there was a Frank de Boer redemption, but, but I think it's been sacked. So um, he already has. That, he's been sacked, is he? Yeah, well, he's gone. He's oh, called it mutual gone. termination, but right, yeah. So the the ball redemption wasn't on, sadly, <laughs> um, in, in this tournament. So yeah, um, I'm going to go to you, Nine first, because in the predictions, um, both myself and Nine went for two 0 Holland. Uh, Alex went for one 0 Holland, but Ryan went for Czech to win one 0 next time. So he was. Probably the, the, the one who only wanted back check, and he's the closest yeah. in terms of the score as well. Um, so yeah, but I'm gonna go to Naeem first. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on the red card, and do you think there's any way the Czech can solve surprise again, or uh, do you think they've met their match in, in the uh, Danish? 
Well, firstly, um, yeah, I thought it was a red card. I don't know what he was thinking of doing there. You know, I, I never really get centre backs when they're, when they're in them sort of situations. I'd rather just let them go on and score a goal. Than you, you still have 11, 11 men on the field, but yeah, it was he blatantly handballed it, and uh, yeah, I think he would have. I don't think. Um, I think it was a denial of a goal scoring opportunity, but yeah, Czech Republic. Yeah, they. They've made they've literally made me eat my words, didn't I? Because in the predictions, I I said that they would finish bottom of their group, but I don't think anyone really saw them beating the Netherlands. But yeah, the Netherlands they just weren't really really good. Rip word, were they? Um, didn't have any shots on target. Um, and after the red card went in, they were pretty much pretty much down and out, really. But yeah, Chelsea probably they done um they done pretty well for themselves anyway. Um, like I said, Patrick Schick, he's having a good tournament, scoring quite a few goals and. I'm guessing quite a few clubs will be interested in him, um, but I think I think they'll probably fall short against Denmark. Yeah, I think I think quarterfinals is as far as they go, but <laughs> they might make me eat my words again. So yeah, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, I think next round they probably will fall short, and Denmark will probably um, will be the winners of that um, tie. Yeah, I think you could be right there. Um, and Alex, what are your thoughts on this game? Um. The Czech Republic deserved to win. I did, uh, yeah, I predicted the Netherlands to win 1 0, but I remember being uneasy about it. I think the, the, the Netherlands' this tournament have been very, very similar to Germany. Lots of talented players, very poor coach, and what both coaches did was line up in a back three to protect their lack of organisation. And it, it worked against weaker teams, or Germany, I guess, underperforming teams, but in Portugal, but with, with Holland. It half worked against the Ukraine and it worked against Austria and North Macedonia. But then the Czech Republic were far more organised and knew exactly what they were doing and they clearly exploited the Netherlands. And the red card did help and it was easily a red card. Um, they, there's going to be two red card topics in this podcast, I feel, and I'm going to back both decisions quite heavily. Delict, if Delict hacks down, um, I can't remember who was running through, If he, I think it was Suchek or Schick. If he, if he hacks him down, it's a red so him punching the ball away half subtly is also a red. Um, but yeah, the Netherlands deserve to go out. I'm very happy with the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think in terms of this game, I think that um, I think it was for me fairly even before the red card. And I do think that um, I think after that red card, I think the Czech just took over the game. And I think that you, know, you look at teams like these great Holland teams in the past. You look at all these teams that sort of. Um, and I think with this game, I think they just lacked that. They lacked that fight. They, used, they were two down. They just seemed to lack that real. They, they seemed to lack that threat of even get back in a game. Like they really, really, just really disappointing in the end in this game. Um, and I do think Czech Republic. Um, I do think they'll also fall short against uh, in the next round. But we will go on to that later on as well. Uh, but before we go on to the next game, um, we'll go to Ryan. Um, any what, what are your final thoughts on the, on this game, the the whole Czech Republic game? Yeah, I, like I said, I expected it. I didn't think Holland would win, not for one minute. Mm-hmm. Just, be, just they have the talent. They've got, you know, Memphis Depay, Frankie De Jong, Mateus De Little, though he was sent off. Um, he's had a probably the hardest season of his career so far, so I don't think many can blame him too much for mm. not not being quite so sharp. But in terms of why they didn't get far in the tournament is just because they had such a piss poor manager. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's as simple as that. You know, there's, there's a reason, you know, I don't like Jose Mourinho, but he's hit the nail on the head with Frank De Boer 
quite a few times in his press conferences. So, mm. uh, uh, yeah, Czech Republic played played really, really well. And, uh, you know, I think them against Denmark could potentially be the most exciting quarterfinal game. Mm. Both to- both teams are going into it, you know, with on the back of good wins. Um, sorry, Alex, didn't mean to cut you off. No, sorry, I was going to say, I feel two, two final things I was going to... I don't know, I forgot one from already, but um, I was going to say, what watching... Oh, no, I was going to say, Andy, I think what De Boer does, though, is shine a better light on Robert Page, because Frank De Boer had double the amount of time to work with the Netherlands squad, and look how crap they were, and how yes. organised they were, whereas Robert Page had, what, three months under the yeah. worst circumstances, got Wales pulling. Also, I don't know if you guys managed to watch the whole game, but... I, after watching it, one thing I took away was I'm watching Barcelona next season because De Jong and Depay are some of the most fun players you can oh, ever yeah. see. Watch, they're beautiful on the pitch. Yeah, it's just Depay. a shame that they've got another shit Dutch manager in charge of them as well, though. Oh, no, it's not that bad. He is. Not, and I am the La Liga expert, right? I'm going to have to listen to him. Yeah, man, you've got to take my word. <laughs> so, we are now on to the next game, which was Belgium against Portugal. Um, so in this game, it was a 1-0 Belgian win, thanks for the lesser-known Hazard, Thorgan Hazard. Um, outshot, outshot, even though his brother had a good game, he outshone his brother in this game with, with a wonderful goal, uh, past Patricio. Um, and yeah, Portugal, who were the holders, they, they bowed out, um, which potentially could be Ronaldo's last Euros. That's something that maybe uh, we hasn't been talked about enough. Um, so in terms of this game, I'm going to go to Alex first on this one. Um now, we've talked about before about how Belgium have been a team which maybe um, have lacked a manager or maybe they haven't lacked an overall squad to maybe go far. Um, has anything changed for you after they beat Portugal? Has anything changed for you in terms of this game? Because I'm looking at the predictions before um, the game started. Uh, I backed 3-2 Belgium. You backed 1-0 Belgium, Alex. Uh, so, well done to you. Um, I was 2-1 Belgium and Alex and then Ryan was um, Portugal on penalties after a 2-2 draw. So, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on Belgium in, in this game after watching it? Um, so, I, I, I paid half attention to the first half, and then second half, I watched, uh, watched it more keenly. With Belgium, I was still unconvinced by the defence mm-hmm. and their game management. Um, Port- Portugal, I could offer some interesting insight, but I feel like you guys will offer it better. And the one thing I want to take away is... I, I when I proper tuned in focus, like just after the start of the second half, what, why were Portugal so angry? Like they carried on making <laughs> these ridiculous tackles. Every five seconds there was like a little brawl. I mm. absolutely loved it, but oh, what the hell beautiful. happened? <laughs> well, any team with Pepe in them, I think, is always going to be a habit of anger in them. I think Pepe, there was one point where he got a yellow card. He looked like he generally... He was like a, a child at Christmas when he got that yellow card. He looked like he'd won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, Matt is going on there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I want to mention. I mentioned this a little bit in my match review of the game. I think Hazard, he's gone off injured, so he may not be even, even playing this next round. But um, I think Hazard, he had these spells where he looked back to his old self. There was spells where I think he did, did a nice little one-two with Lukaku, albeit he did hit his bar over, hit a shot over the bar. But I do think. There was definitely spells in this game that he was sort of getting back to the house that we all knew. Um, but in terms of that, I, this is my next segue to my next one, which I'm going to ask uh, Ryan and Naim about. Um, obviously, the injuries 
have been announced to De Bruyne and Hazard, and they are going to miss, I believe, the quarterfinal. I'm not sure whether it's the semi or final as well, if they win. Um, how big do you think this will be in terms of the game against Italy? How big of an impact do you think this is going to be? Uh, I'll go to Ryan first. Um, yeah, what impact do you see having on this injury having on the game? Oh, that's crucial because you know they have Lukaku in there, who's you know probably in the best form of his career. But ultimately, if you've got nobody to feed balls into him, then you know what you can what can you really do? Um, you know, De Bruyne being injured is just you know massive for them. Uh, Hazard, mm, I'm not convinced that they would do any better with him personally. I think they've still got quality wingers, uh, Carrasco and Forgan Hazard as well. So, yeah, De Bruyne is definitely a, a huge miss. And I think that will be ultimately, ultimately be the difference in uh, in that quarterfinal game. But I thought, I mean, the game itself was... Uh, I wanted Portugal to win so desperately uh, just because of, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Ronaldo. But... I didn't think either team, you know, pushed that much. And ultimately, it was obviously decided by a great goal, but it could have easily dragged into extra time and onto penalties. It just seemed like both teams are just a bit too too conservative, I think, and just didn't go for it at, you know, one stage. Yeah, and no, I'll ask Naeem in a minute, but I want to, you mentioned Carrasco. I remember there, there was a point in this game where I don't know what he was doing at one point. There was a point where he sort of, you wonder whether he was just trying to delay time or whether he's... I don't know what there was one point where I think it was it, Belgium on the counter-attack with about five minutes left of the game. I think I remember Carrasco just fluffing his line. Just, I don't know what he was doing in this game. He was, just, he was sort of... He came on the pitch and he made those two times where he just completely messed things up. He, he sort of tried to waste time and failed that. And then there was a time where he he took too long to shoot and then wasted time. I, I think that was a weird performance, I thought, from him. But Naeem... Um, do you agree with Ryan's sentiment about the whole missing of De Bruyne and Hazard? What are your thoughts? Yeah, with those two players, um, they are obviously one of or De Bruyne is probably one of Belgium's most important players. Obviously, Hazard he hasn't had the greatest of seasons, but when he does play for Belgium, he, um, he does look back to his um, to himself when he was at back at Chelsea. But the players that they got to bring in for them, like Carrasco and obviously Mertens, they can do a job. But when Carrasco came on, man, he could have. He could have set up about two goals, but his decision making was a bit poor. So, I, I, I think yeah, those two they're going to be a big miss for them. To be fair, and in terms of the game, um, it just kind of really seemed like each team was cancelling each other out. And like Ryan said, it just kind of took a moment of brilliance to 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 to, um, to break the deadlock. But yeah, Port- I did say Portugal would um, would go out anyway, but, but to not score, yeah, it's, 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 it's not very good. but I think. Obviously, with Portugal now, they got they do have a good squad, um, and I think Finnish should get a new manager in because um, the one they have now is kind of a bit too defensive, anyways. And he has been there for quite a while, so I, I think they will be back Portugal. But I think they need to kind of move on from Ronaldo now and um, you know, go go that route, route now. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Right, so now on to the next game. So this game really. It got overshadowed by the game later on that evening, but in Croatia's game against Spain, Spain won 5-3 after extra time. Um, the game started off with one of the the most 
bizarre own goals you'll see. I mean, we mentioned Dubravka last week. This one um, probably probably um, overshadows it in terms of how much how much bad better worse it was. Um, or Pedri's back pass, but it was Unai Simon who's touched them down massively as the ball went in the back of the net. Uh, Spain then took a three-one lead through Pablo Sarabia, Aspilicueta, and Ferran Torres before. Uh, Croatia scored two goals in the last five, ten minutes of the game uh, through um, Mislav Orsic and Mario Pasalic before then uh, Morata and Ozer Bial scored an extra time to, to give Spain the win. Um, so in terms of this game, I want to get your guys' views on this in terms of um, Spain. I mean, Spain, uh, they're very entertaining to watch. I think they, whilst they're also very good going forward, they also look terrible at the back. So... Um, do you think, I mean, I, I think personally this defence could hinder them in terms of, again, if they get to the semi-final. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on this game in terms of um, the game itself, but also what your views on um, Spain's chances? And I'm going to go to Ryan first on this one. Um, so, yeah, what were your thoughts on the game? And do you think Spain got any chance of progressing uh, any further in the semi? Or do you think that their defence will let them down like I do? Um, I think there are two teams who had really, really slow starts, but steadily improved with every game. And obviously they met each other right at the right time. And obviously it was probably the, you know, the game of the, of the first knockout stages. I thought it was just drama everywhere, but Spain, you know, I, I, I criticized them for that, you know, not having the players like in that middle age bracket being good enough. But yet they have been so far because Pablo Sarabia was very good in that game. Alvaro Morata got a goal. Uh, Azpilicueta got a goal. And the young players really performed as well. Obviously, you know, as Azabal and Ferran Torres, as you mentioned, both scored. And they seem to be clicking now, which at the start they didn't look like they was going to. So I think they will keep progressing. Uh, obviously, you know, the next knockout stage will obviously be the quarterfinals, so that will be crucial for them. But if they can, if they can get to the final, I can see, I can see them winning it because obviously the other side of the draw, you're probably looking at looking at either England or Denmark potentially, and I can see Spain beating either of those two teams. So again, it's a bit like I think whoever wins gets to the final from that side of the draw will go on to win it, but. Yeah, I like I like how they are started to to look more like a unit, and uh, you know they're making good use of their substitutions as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I'm gonna go to Naim on this one. Um, the, the Spanish, the Spanish football expert in our in our panel. Um, Espanol. Espanol, Espanol. Um, yeah, do 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 you sort of share Ryan's opinion, or do you sort of uh, what, what are your views on Spain? Uh, in terms of going forward in, in the tournament? Yeah, so in the group stages, um, the, the games I watch from Spain, they're always going to keep the ball. Like They're, they're, they're possession-based um, side, but the games I watched, they were so boring. But against Croatia, um, apart from obviously the dodgy defending, you know, this, that and the other, um, yeah, they have, they have looked, they have actually really quite impressed me. And um, obviously, I think people were kind of talking them up before the tournament, but I think now people could kind of um, look at them because... On the bench, they got quite a lot of options to come off of there, and 
when when they switch switch players, it's just they just kind of keep ticking. But yeah, like I said, yeah, some of the defending in there was awful. They obviously, had their own goal. But when it went three one up, I thought, yeah, Spain they'll be in control now. They'll just see this out. But as soon as once Croatia got that um, second goal back, it, kind of the momentum was on um, their side. That sort of thing. So if if the game went on a bit longer in nine minutes, then I reckon that, um, Croatia could have nipped um, nipped it. But in the end, obviously. Um, I think Croatia kind of tired out in the end um, because mm. Spain were pretty much partially to death. But yeah, they are impressing me, and um, yeah, it'll be good to see how far they can get um, under uh, Luis Enrique. He's um, he's doing a decent job with them so far. So mm. yeah, I've got nothing but praise for them so far. And um, see what they can do. Mm. And talking of praise, someone who had Spain as their losing finalist, Alex. Um... Do you still stand by your thoughts on Spain that you had before the tournament, or has anything changed for you during the tournament? Um, it's so tough to call now because France are out, and anything can happen at this tournament. I think before I was kind of like 50 50 on 50 percent, the big team should win, and also, but yeah, very main 50 percent was bear in mind, everyone is absolutely fucking knackered. So, any if anyone prepares well, they could win this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Spain, it, yeah, defense is quite weak. I think that's more a lack of organization. Um, I don't think they've had the time to properly do it. I guess what well, what they have, they just haven't spent their time well. The attacks really got a lot better since the first two games. Um, I think the one the one thing that did impress me was Unai Simon um, after his mistake because as a goalkeeper, <laughs> yeah. as a goalkeeper, what he did is the worst thing you could possibly ever... It's worse than letting a goal in between your legs. It's worse than... That is... I've, ha- I've done it before. It is horrible. <laughs> you, you want the ground to be open up. And the fact... and Because in goal as well, you're generally... You, you, you're 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 like alone on the pitch after. It's not as if he could get mm. straight back into it. He has to kind of stand there and he has to think about it. That I could have just fucked up my nation's chances of progressing in the Euros. Like, you know after the game... 10 million people are tweeting you and your family abuse for what you've mm. done. But credit to him to uh, recover from it. But um, yeah, I guess with Spain, oh, I'll wait and see. But they've got issues at the back. But they've got a good attack. And, and Pedri, my God, what a player. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's someone I was sort of, I mean, I was sort of talking about in one of the people I may have downed my sort of player to watch. And he certainly has lived up to that so far. Um so yeah, in terms of that game, I think that you mentioned the goalie position. I think the goalie position is actually one of the more lonely positions because from all I've heard from people like Peter Crouch, a lot of these goalies they train separately. They'll sort of be even different personality. They'll be sort of different personality-wise as well. And I do think that uh, unlike a striker who can make a mistake and it's fine, or same as midfielder, if your goalie make a mistake, you've got no one to sort of protect you behind you. That's it. If you make a mistake, it's nine times out of ten it's going to be a goal. Whereas that's probably not the case in other positions. So I do think that you have to mm. really praise these, these goal, the goalies who do this. And God praise you, nice Simon for. I mean, I actually missed this game. I only caught the end because I was at work. Um, thanks, I saw the whole extra time. Uh, but yeah, I think obviously you, you got you got to praise someone like that because the, not only to, to perform like the way he did, but also to have that mental sort of that, that mental drive to sort of to, to improve and actually still get still going because a lot, a lot of people could easily just you know they, they if that was me at half time would have told the coach to come off yeah same I, I, I would have done it before half time probably um, so I yeah, think 
sorry to jump in, Andy. I think one thing about him as well is that he's so, he, he's really young for a goalkeeper, and he's sort of been thrown in at the deep end in that Spain team because for so long they've had um, Casillas and Victor Valdez and mm-hmm. more lately David De Gea. So he's almost like been chucked in for a major tournament and he's got all the pressure on him to succeed and obviously made that mistake. But he made some unbelievable saves later on in the game, almost made up for it. So I'm really pleased because I, I, I rate him quite highly and obviously Athletic Bilbao yeah, there's not many better places to come through as a youngster. Yeah, definitely. And before I go on to the next team, I think he does a stat, and he said in the game, that Spain are the first team in Euro's history to score five goals in two consecutive games. Um, <laughs> there's, a little fun, there's a little fun stat for you all. Um, so our next game, for me, probably was the game of the tournament and the biggest shock of the tournament so far, where Switzerland knocked out France on penalties. Um, so Switzerland took the lead through Severovic before um, they had a chance to go 2-0 up. But Ricardo Rodriguez missed a penalty before France went on to score two goals in the next four to five minutes through Kareem Benzema scoring twice. Uh, one of his goals was, was a really great finish from him. The, the touch was exceptional for one of his goals. Um, Pogba then scored probably the second best goal this tournament with an absolute screamer and maybe a slightly overconfident celebration. But then Switzerland came back. They scored a goal from Sverevich once again in the 81st minute before Mario Gavanovic scored off the bench in the 90th minute. Game went game extra time. No scores change when the penalties. Most penalties were exceptional. There was a lot of good penalties in the shootout before. Um, Golden Boy, star boy Kylian Mbappe missed the only penalty mm-hmm. in this game. And mm-hmm. um, something that no one, I mean, I, I, I alluded it to start the start of the podcast, how we all thought France were going to breeze this game. No one gave Switzerland the chance. And they surprised us all around the whole world. Um, so in terms of this game, I'm going to go to Naeem first because he made a he made this unbelievable shout to me in, in private message on Facebook about about uh, about their champs. So I'm going to go to you first, Naeem, on this one. First of all, I want to get your views on on this game. And I just, just want to get you to tell me what you tell that everyone in the podcast what you told me on Facebook about this great shout you've got in terms of the next manager potentially at France. Yeah, before I go on to that, I just want to um, apologise to Granite Xhaka. Um, I always thought that he was a good footballer, and now he's trying. <laughs> nah, he's um, he's still shit for Arsenal. But I'll give him, I'll give him credit. He was, he did pretty much boss that midfield. So um, yeah, with, yeah, with this game, um, obviously it was quite a shock to see. Well, it wasn't really a shock, but I didn't expect Deschamps to to play five at the back because that it just didn't didn't work. Rabiot left wing back, that didn't work. Lengley, I don't rate that guy. He's He's crap. I don't know how we have Barcelona, but uh, there I go. But yeah, obviously um, Switzerland. They, once they got the first goal, um, it was pretty pretty even game to be fair. But once once they got that penalty to make it two nil, and obviously once they missed it, that's when France kind of woke up and like you shouldn't really really start playing once you know those sort of events happen. But yeah, once he missed that penalty, they were pretty much in control, and um, and obviously they got three goals quite quickly. But Switzerland, yeah, they they played they played very well. Um, they got the two late goals to bring it to extra time, and see Deschamps substitutions. He probably thought once it was three one, he you know game's done. So obviously Griezmann came off. Um, see, I think Benzema came off, went off injured as well. But I just want to say another thing. Mbappe, he's he's not really been great this tournament. Um, I don't don't really know what it was. I know whether it's all the pressure or the hype on him, but he's 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 just really failed to deliver. But yeah, kudos to um, Switzerland. You know they 
stuck it out, um, got the penalty penalty victory, and now they're on to the next round. But yeah, France they they've been quite quite poor this tournament. You know, um, I thought once they got out of the group stages, they would have start started to you know they play a bit better. But yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't look too good for them. But I reckon now that Deschamps has gone, I reckon Zidane might be the front runner for the job. Since he hasn't got a job now, and yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think who who's in the front running for the job, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the game. So is is Deschamps is he being that guy, or is he is he sort of? Um, I'm not really sure. So is he actually gone? Because I knew I, I didn't realize the board had been sacked as well. So it's interesting that if he has been sacked, because I think yeah, I think no, I don't, I don't think anything's been said about it yet. I did check the keep this morning. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he could be a man on borrowed time, but I do think that maybe the winning the World Cup may keep him in the job. I think that that may, because mm. it only happened was it two, three years ago. I think that that will be the only thing I think that potentially may potentially may um, save him. Um, I was going to go to um, to Alex next, but I just want to make a point. But you mentioned um, Jack and Pogba on this one. I do think that these two, this is a great battle. I think these two, it, both these players have been not the best for their club all season long, but they both just have just turned up for international countries. I mean, Pogba's been great all tournament. I mean, some of his through balls were exceptional in this game. I mean, how many times do he make these unbelievable passes? And I do think that, um, I actually, I saw a stat on it. I put it on my article at the match review, but he had, he won all of his tackles. He had a 92% passing accuracy. This is, this is Pogba, 88 touches, 11 ball recoveries, five out of six take-ons completed, which is the most in the game. Yeah. Four chances created, which is also the most. Three shots, three fouls, one, uh, and obviously one goal and zero people dribbled past him. And in terms of Xhaka as well, he had a 92% passing accuracy. Um, he had eight out of eight long balls, five ball recoveries, three chances created, three fouls, one, three interceptions, two out of two through balls, two aerial aerials, one, two clearances, one block, one assist, and I think he actually got man the match, Granit Xhaka in the end. Um, so obviously the, the Slim Shady looks work, look works for Granit Xhaka. Um, the shame it hasn't fulfilled Foden yet. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think yeah, I think these two are just, I think these two were probably the two best players in the whole pitch, and they both sort of have been criticised by their club, by their fans, or for their club team about sometimes maybe not performing at a consistent basis, so I do think that yeah, Pogba for years has always been much better for for France than he has been for Man U. So, even though France are out, I do think I think Pogba really impressed me the whole tournament and not just in this game. So, um, I mean, if I was a Man U fan, I'd be really annoyed. <laughs> I'd be really be so gutted to see how well he plays for France, considering how he plays for Man U. And I just think he's got more heart in in the French team than he has Man U personally. Um, so I'm gonna go to. Me. Our friend, our French football expert Alex. Um, so yeah, what were your thoughts on this game? And uh, do you see, do you see Switzerland having any chance of progressing past, um, past Denmark? Well, before, oh, before I get into that, I've past, been, I've been, I've been itching to talk about the Mbappe thing because I'm feeling very sorry for him at the moment. Now, he, he hasn't been, he hasn't lit up the tournament as hoped. So I had him for top scorer, and he's not had that. He had very good first game, and I don't quite think he's clicked for him as much. I don't, I think. Benzema's kind of stolen the limelight in a way, which France France were doing well, but I think it's criminal to blame him for the penalty shootout. I think Hugo Lloris had an absolute disaster. I, I if I'm a French player, I'd be absolutely fucking fuming with his performance. It wasn't just the failed save; it was the fact nearly every penalty that faced mm. him, he moved about a yard. He, he moved about a second before 
the the player shot. It was so easy. Yeah, go on. yeah, I remember there was one penalty. I can't remember who took it out. Where literally, um, he moved so late, and it was just like, I mean, I, I get why because maybe he thought maybe he'll catch someone out doing a panenka or doing a shot straight in the middle. But yeah, it just seemed to be all, all, every penalty seemed to be ridiculously too late. Yeah, he made it. He made it. The Switzerland penalties were good, but they weren't. They weren't unsavable. Like, like I remember there was one that was fantastic. Like, they weren't unsavable, and I think. Lloris really let down France there. Like, I, I think it's it, it, not to the point where, oh, he's to blame for the whole performance because France should have beat uh, Switzerland on paper, obviously. Switzerland played really well. But from the penalty shootout, Mbappe is, he is not the man to blame for that for me. I think Lloris completely fucked it there. Um, but yeah, Switzerland, very good. And uh, I, I don't I don't think, if they got in the next round, is it Spain, did you say? Yeah, or, Spain, yeah. That'll be interesting. Um. I don't. I don't think Switzerland have got the best attack still. So maybe I'd. I'd be back in Spain for that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that Mbappe is probably the first time in his whole career where he's really been under sort of. He's had something negative happen. I mean, he's come mm. through the Monaco team, obviously youngster. Then he got the PSG move, had a great World Cup in 2018. I think this is real first sort of bit of adversity he's had in his career. So it'll be interesting how he how he deals with that. Probably scored a hundred goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that probably will happen. I mean, he'll probably get a move to a big club, whether that's Madrid or somewhere like that. And I think, um, I think, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll definitely bounce back. He's he's too young not to bounce back from it. So, um, but before we go on to um, the next game, which will be very interesting to talk about, um, Ryan, what are your thoughts on on the French performance and and Switzerland overall? Yeah, I mean, I got the prediction horribly wrong. Five <laughs> 0 yeah. I mean, that, that that come back to bite me, but. Uh, I thought it was funny to be honest, reading actually about what happened in the stands after the game between the families oh, yeah. of some of the players. What actually happened? So, from what I read, basically, I don't know if anyone knows about Adrian Rabio's mother, but no. I, I believe she is his agent or something to do with that anyway. And basically, she's a bit of a so people say, like. I don't mean to use the C word, but a lot a lot of people don't get on with her and very difficult to deal with. And basically, she had something in the stands to say to the family of uh, of Killian and Bappe. Uh, right. And sort of, it just sort of like kicked off basically between all these people. And it seems to happen almost every tournament bar the last World Cup where there's always something behind the scenes what sort of overshadows you know, France's actual attempt to win something. And there didn't, didn't seem to be any unity or anything between them. Obviously, no. you, had, you had the old, you know, the Giroud and Mbappe um, sort of argument, which which you kind of thought as soon as that happened, like, oh, something's going to, you know, it's going to rumble on here. And it, it kept getting talked about. And I felt like, I thought that quality would still see them through. And it almost did because it was a, unbelievable goal from Pogba like it was so good but they just it's almost like they they got too complacent as soon as they scored those two goals and then obviously Switzerland come back got there too beat him on penalties but I do agree about Mbappe you know he's had a incredibly long season with with PSG and again for someone so young who's not really used to that amount of games and that amount of pressure like it was an awful penalty, I think, but yeah, France. I don't know. It's I. 
personally, one manager I would actually like to see get the job is um, good old Arsene Wenger. Can you imagine that? That'll be. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Wenger back in management. I think he, he, I think he quite liked the international scene and not being, you know, the age he's at as well. And sort of that's where the Arsenal, I think, have sort of not as not not as not as day to day and stuff like that. And I do think that. Yeah, I think I think he'd love that. I think he'd take great it. Great show. I just like mm. to see him take them and you know win win them the World Cup and then sort of just then then leave you know and get and, and bow out like that in you know in in you know obviously he didn't bow out of Arsenal in the <laughs> most dignified of ways. Well, you got to think a lot of these a lot of these French players have grown up probably idolizing Wenger and the teams he the Arsenal team he created. So I I actually think that's a very that's a very good shout. If Zidane doesn't move there. I would want Wenger at France, and I think he'd actually do really well in international football. I think it, mm. yeah, he, he would. I think he would gain. I mean, Zidane would gain a lot of respect anyway for what he's done for France. Mm. But I, I think even more with Arsene, just because, as you say, every every French player, you know, w- would absolutely love to work under under him, and you know, he's just got that charisma about him. I think he would he would just he would shine in that job, whether he would take it or not because I think I read in his autobiography that the wonderful Mr Davis bought me for Christmas um, you're welcome <laughs> that he, he that international football's never really been for him because I think he's been offered the England role once or twice as they turned down I think he just doesn't like the idea of he prefers club football from what I read but he might be tempted into it you know because it's probably his last you know, last opportunity to get a job like that. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that one. Mm. So, we are now on to our... Oh, actually, before we carry on, um, since our predictions for the last round, um, since the Croatia-Spain, both I had 3-1 Spain, Alex had 1-0 Spain, Naeem had 2-0 Spain, and mine had 3-0 Spain. And then we all know what our France predictions were. Uh, I said 2-0 France, as did Alex. Uh, Naeem said 3-0, and then Alex infamously said 5-0 France. Um, so we're now on to the game which everyone's been talking about in my work today and across the whole social media was the England-Germany game. Uh, England um, won 2-0, thanks to goals from once again Raheem Sterling and also Harry Kane. Fuck's sake. <laughs> it's coming home, it's coming, football's coming home. Oh, I hate I hate that saying so much. Oh, I love it. it even though I'm Welsh, I always want England to do well, and I think that um, that for me that's probably the best. I mean, World Emotions probably out there by saying that for me is the best. But I think also it's become a bit of a meme, isn't it? Recently, it's become a bit of a sort of um, people saying it now as sort of, as a joke on it. Like sort of, it's like a bit of a meme, isn't it? Really. But, I mean, I want them to do well, but it it, it winds me up that I mean I, I don't say it because football don't doesn't belong to England. <laughs> what 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 makes people think it's coming I, I home? Think, it's never it's gone more, away. So I, I don't know. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the I'm, I think I'm the youngest here, right? I think for me, yeah, if football's coming. I, I think most people know it from the well, not most, but the younger generation knows it mainly from the 2018 World Cup and that yeah. summer was so elite where everyone got on. To me, football's coming oh, on doesn't yeah. football's coming on doesn't really mean anything about England. It just kind of, you hear that and you think good vibes, everyone getting on, yeah. and general happiness. Yeah, and I think it's definitely that bit sort of taken over what the actual song's about. 
But um, but yeah, on this game, I think for me, um, we'll go to who wants to go first on this one. We'll I go... want to hear the predictions. Yeah. So um, actually, we'll, we'll we'll go to the person that actually predicted England to win. Uh, I said three one Germany. Um, Nine went for one one and Germany on penalties. Ryan went for one 0 Germany, and we'll go to Alex who said England would win. Uh, not two 0 but he said one 0 England. Um, so yeah, and also as someone who I imagine uh, was watching the game yesterday. Um, what were your thoughts on what your thoughts on this? It kind I'm I'm as someone who's you know fucked up every prediction he had. I'm very happy this one went exactly to how I thought. Mm. Germany had the very talented players. Havertz was elusive and brilliant all night, but their system wasn't good. They weren't organised. They carried on conceding chances, and I, I said on the previous podcast I wouldn't want England to win the Euros playing shit football, but they were a lot better against Germany. Like mm. they were moving the ball at such a better speed. It was so refreshing to see. And, yeah, I, I, I was over the moon by it. I, was, I thought it, I, I, I'm a lot more level-headed than 2018, where I genuinely thought England were going to win. Uh, right now, I'm still more, I, don't, I couldn't call it. But the England played, they played it perfectly. And my favourite moment of the game um, was when I saw the meme of the cameraman looking for the German uh, nine-year-old. Uh, that is <laughs> yeah. my favourite photo to come out of uh, this tournament. Yeah, and I think that um, actually, I'll go back to predictions wise. I actually, um, if you don't know, I actually work in for the NHS. I work in a, um, a vaccine centre, and basically, um, I'm not going to say who the player was um, for, for personal privacy reasons, but I had a Premier League footballer come in for their jab. Uh, but we did a little tally chart with all our patients about who's going to win the game. We sort of asked everyone on who's going to win, England or Germany. And Germany won the votes by a mile. I think it was about 13 to 7 or something like that in favour of Germany. So I think. Um, I think a lot of people did. I think there's a lot of sort of. I found a lot of pessimism about England in terms of are oh, they going to mess it up? But I, th- I think I think this year I think this year could be, could be the year a bit like we said for years. Liverpool fans, this year could be our year. And I do think that um, in terms of making making a final, I do think there's a very very good chance now England will make the final, especially as they've got most of the games apart from off the game in Rome on Saturday. All their games would have been at Wembley. So mm. uh, for me, I think England got a great chance. I think if they can't make the final in this scenario where they've got home advantage and the route the route to finals again so easy, I'm not sure they ever will make the final. And just, again, just, to, think... just to quickly interject, um, uh, Ryan and Naeem, uh, Andy, I'm very sorry, but Ryan and Naeem, can can we count how many times for the rest of this podcast Andy says the words I think because it's become his new obviously <laughs> <laughs> I've been noticing it the for whole God's way. sake for God's sake I, I try so hard to get rid of obviously and now it's oh, I... something new now <laughs> so, something new to work on yeah um, apologies to the listeners there apologies to the listeners no listeners um... keep 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 tally <laughs> I want to find out well I'm gonna. I'm going to make my mission now not to say that that word again. Um, so I'm, I'm going to swerve this tension onto um, Ryan and Naeem. Um, I'll, I'll let one of you go first. But um, as again, two Englishmen in in in, in this podcast, um, are you back in your home nation to to, to get to the final? Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, well. One of my brilliant predictions. I said England would be the flop team, didn't I? So. <laughs> Uh, watching England play, man, it's just, it is quite boring, to be fair. Um, but uh, I will give Gareth Southgate his dues, you know. 
we are we are hard to beat. You know, we haven't conceded a goal all tournament yet, um, and we haven't done a few games before that either as well. But I, I don't know, man. Um, usually when we, we we get all hyped up, and then Croatia happened like did in the World Cup. So um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, they won't get there. And then, in the hope that they will surprise me and get there. So, that's 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 the way I'm gonna look at it. But in terms of the game, yeah, um, the five at the back, it was expected, you know, to match Germany's five at the back. Um, I, th- I think the defense um done, done pretty well, to be fair. Um, I, I think the best defender out of all of them was probably John Stones. He um, he impressed me quite a lot. Pickford, he, uh, when he when he came into action, he made a few good saves. Mm. When he got called upon, he's um he's, he's having a decent tournament so far. Um, Pickford, I know he hasn't really had much to do, but when he's been called upon, he's he's done what he needs to do. And Sterling, I I was pretty much um, cursing him to my sister at the start of the game. You know, why is this guy playing? This that the other. But he gets the important goals for England, so I can't complain. But he does hold on to the ball for too long and. Yeah, so he sometimes when he should, needs to pass, he he should he should do that. But I thought Saka had a decent game, and obviously in the second half, I think he just kind of got a bit too tired. Hence, why obviously why it came off. And who would who would know that you know you bring Grealish on and you know he, he makes makes the difference. But mm, coincidental, isn't it? Um, I know. It's like, no, no one thought. No one ever thought this. No one thought this. <laughs> it's just like come on, Southgate. But um. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, they they done they done well in the end, and you know they got the two late goals. Um, Harry Kane finally scored after mm. four games. Um, he still was crap in the game. I'm not going to praise him too much. Oh, he was he wasn't great, was he? Yeah, I I would have called to bring him off, but he he didn't have Calvert Lewin on the bench, so and I don't really like Rashford playing down the middle because he doesn't play play um he plays on the wings for Man United. But yeah, um. We're obviously into the quarterfinals. Um, Ukraine ain't going to be an easy game, and we're not on home home um, soil. So, I think it'll be another close game. I don't think we're going to batter them like most people think, because um, we'll get onto Ukraine obviously soon, and I'll give you my thoughts on them. But yeah, um, I'm kind of confident, but I'm I'm going to keep keep a level head for, for a minute because it's just like with Arsenal, you know, you get a bit happy, and then yeah, they let you down. So yeah. Yeah, and I think England defence was solid, and I will go to Ryan in a minute. Uh, before we do that, just anyone wondering who this Premier League football is, it's not the same player who's going to be speaking at the start of the podcast. Um, it's someone else. But yeah, um, Ryan, what were your thoughts on this game? I didn't... Uh, I'd, I'd counter Alex. I didn't think England played that well. I felt both teams... I felt they played better than Germany because Germany were really poor. But I was... So angry when I saw that starting lineup because I can understand, you know, in a sense, going defensive and conservative against another big nation, and they kind of matched each other for, for uh, like for formation. But they, they they offered so very little going forward, and I mean, Saka was the bright spark, and you can understand how you know why he was so tired in the second half because he was the only one apart from Sterling really sort of driving the ball forward and trying to make something happen but I was I, I didn't understand again his, his his decisions I mean bringing Grealish on obviously worked Kane had a, another shocker I know he scored but for me he should have been taken off and actually I would have quite quite liked to have seen Sterling through the middle as a false nine as we've now, seen see, I, I have to counter this I think because like, I, I give you the, the line is really defensive and it's boring. I'll give you that. But besides the Muller chance, 
What clear chance did Germany have? Werner. Was that a clear chance that he took a big touch and was instantly smothered? I don't. I wouldn't well, say that. Was... I think Muller was the only one. That was one chance. That was yeah, that was the one, one chance. But England had. Werner was one on one. No, it was he, no. He took one touch and then it was half one on one. He still had to defend besides him, so he couldn't go to the far corner. But for, even then, England had three easily because Kane was in there and then the two goals. And with Kane, you keep, even though he's not hit the tournament light. You keep him on the pitch because he's a magnet for defenders. Like people looking go, that's Harry Kane. So the fact that Sterling and Saka do well is because Kane is attracting all the attention. I just think when you've got players on the bench like Jaden Sancho, you could, you know, we've seen Man- how Man City have perfected it this season and playing Sterling, you know, as a false nine or Foden as a false nine. You know, the the pace that you then have in between the lines, I feel like. We could have, they could have made the job a lot easier than what they did. But credit to them, they still got the win. Obviously, I'm, you know, happy about that as an England fan. But I think my my prediction is that either Ukraine or Czech Republic or Denmark do knock them out because they seem to do better against these bigger teams because of how they set up. And I think one of these so-called smaller nations will put them out just because. I mean, it depends how 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 he lines up. If he lines up the exact same against Ukraine and then against one of those other teams as well in the semi-finals, then for me, it's you know it's a no-go because you can't have that kind of a talent on the bench and not again not utilise him. But yeah, I still think he's the reason why why England won't go on to win it, and not so much the players because the players, you know, are doing their job. I I, I can't really think of one player apart from really Kane who's having a dreadful tournament. A lot of them are shining and playing really well. I just feel like with a better manager, you know, I'd be a lot more convinced. And it's nothing personal, obviously, against Southgate, because my mate said to me the other day after listening to last week's one that he thought, you know, Gareth Southgate, you know, had murdered my family or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the the case of, you know, disliking like that, but I just don't rate him. As someone... As someone who's kind of with you on that, especially for most of this year, I've kind of flipped. And in terms of, I think, I, I think you'd be right if if this was a league season. Like Gareth Southgate and this England team would finish tenth in the Premier League, just of the way they play so conservative. But in international football, I think it does work. And I think you begin mm. to see begin to see the piece. Like it, it is boring. I'll I'll one hundred percent give you to that. Is if I wasn't an England fan, I wouldn't watch it. Is not fun to watch, but it gets the job done. And that's you got got to think how many even across the last four games is Muller the only clear chance? That's that that's the thing though for me that that epitomizes what football isn't in 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 a sense because I can't stand teams who play that way who play boring defensive football because that shouldn't be what. Football is. Football no, neither can I. But in an international tournament, I don't think it like, does work. Yeah, obviously, in an international tournament, it will work. You know, it does work, obviously, and you know they probably will, you know, reach the final. They may even go on to win it, but they're not going to go on and doing it and do it in 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 the style that they could do it. Had you know, if they utilised the players that they want, and I think in years gone by, I don't think the England fans would have been too disappointed in how we'd gone out of previous tournaments if they'd actually seen us play good football and 
attack teams and score goals. You know, too many times have we, have we seen this kind of football being played, and it's almost like these managers are too frightened and too scared to lose their reputation, in, in a sense, to to actually attempt that. So that's that's my thought. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope they do go on and win it, obviously, but I I just don't see it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Right, we're going to go to our final game um, before we then move on to our predictions for the next round. Um, this obviously was this was the game that would end up being the game in, would find out England's opponent in in the last in the quarterfinal ones. Um, Sweden and Ukraine went to extra time, one uh, one. Um, Emil Forsberg and Zinchenko got the goals um, before Ukraine won in the last minute in, in extra time that saw Marcus Danielson get a red card for. Again, another red, another red card that seemed to divide opinion on Twitter. Um, I was definitely in favour of it being um, a red card. Um, so yeah, I think I thought Sweden was going to, I thought Sweden was going to win this game. I had Sweden or Sweden down. Um, Alex had three to Ukraine. Um, uh, Naim had two one Sweden. As did Ryan, who also predicted a screamer. Um, there was almost one from Forsberg in the game. Now it was we were very close to seeing Ryan's prediction come true. But but yeah, I think that um, overall, I think that. Neither team would, would have beaten England. I do think that it'll be very, a very English thing to do if Ukraine go on to win this game against them. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, in terms of this game, um, yeah, I, I thought Ukraine, uh, and yeah, it's, sort of, it's sort of an extra time. Uh, both teams, it, it was quite sort of a, um, it was quite sort of a quite a cagey extra time. Neither team seemed to really want to go for it, but then out of nowhere, Ukraine got the win. So uh, fair dues to Ukraine. Um I'm going to go to Alex first um, on this one. Um, what were your thoughts on this game? I'd, I'd, I'm curious. I want to pose an open question to everyone here. What did you think of the red card? Did anyone here think it was a yellow? No. No. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a red. Obviously, he got the ball, but it's just a follow through what was quite dangerous. But yeah. Straight but yeah. I think also people seem to. People made this argument that, oh, why, why is it a red card? He saw sort of, he got the ball first. But. That is that is a new rule. There is a there's been a rule change in, in the last few years where now follow through does matter and that, and that, that follow through does make a difference in terms of red yellow card. I think that is the rules. And I think unfortunately, even though yeah he may have got the ball first, he also got the man and got a really high tackle in. So I'm completely I see no re I see I completely agree with with why it was a red card. Yeah, I, I want to like for anyone listening who's still torn on it. I think the, I, I've come up with my own little. Like comparison, I think I think you guys agree. It's like he has gone for the ball, but let's go back 15 years when I think it was Nicky Hunt racing in on Petr Cech, and he's taken a heavy touch, and Cech's coming for the ball. Now Hunt could either he he knows he's not going to get to the ball without lunging in, so he could really he could uh, take his foot away and move on, hop over the keeper, but he puts his foot in for the ball. Kicks check in the head and fractures his skull. Now, for me, it's effectively what happened last night. It obviously not the skull, but he, the the Ed Danielson, he thinks, okay, I'm not getting to this ball unless I lunge in knee high with my studs, but I could get the ball here, and he gets the ball. Yeah, gets the man. So dangerous intent. I'm glad we all agree on that. Um, so, I, but the game, Ukraine, I think they're quite lucky to go for overall. Um. Just because they're probably the worst team in Sweden, and I think England have got very lucky with the two teams they're facing. Germany, yeah. Germany, the team out of the Group F that I think 
Um, the, 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 I actually backed England as winners, as we predicted. Like, I, I don't back England to beat many teams, especially from Group F. From the teams that have progressed, Ukraine are the only team I would back England to to properly beat because Ukraine cannot defend. So mm-hmm. even with England's limited attack, I, I think this is a this is a defense they should carve open. And what are your boys thought on this game? Do you, on that game, do you, do you think Ukraine um, have any chance of beating England, or do you think that uh, they, as Alex said, do you think they were lucky to get to get into the to the quarters? I do. I I think they got a good chance beating them, just because of what <laughs> I said. Just because of what I said, because England's set up, you know, against these big teams well, against the so you know the smaller teams. It doesn't necessarily work because the smaller teams are almost playing the same kind of way. But again, Ukraine have got no pressure on them. They, you know, that 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 country and their their fans haven't expected them to get to where they are, and are not expecting them to go on to win it. So there's almost like, you know, they can go into the game, play however they want. If they lose, they lose. You know, they got to quarterfinals. Well done. If they win it, mm-hmm. like it's massive for them, and you know. Players that they've got, obviously Zinchenko and uh, Malinovsky, especially, both can create chances, and mm-hmm. I, they they definitely got a chance. Yeah, yeah, I think especially knockout. I think any because any game, I think any team's got a chance in knockouts. I think it is that that's sort of the beauty of of knockout football internationally and club level, where uh, it's just it's a one off game, and I think that um, definitely these things can happen. Um, Naeem, what are your final thoughts before we go on to um, the, uh, the quarterfinals? Yeah, that, I'm kind of saying share, share the same sentiments as Ryan, really. Um, if, you know, if you underestimate these teams, it can be like another Iceland again at the um, last year, because you know, everyone thought we was going to beat them, and then look what happened there. But I, I think I think it'll probably be another boring game, um, and I, th- I don't think there'll be many goals in there. I think maybe one or two goals, maybe, but. Yeah, I think yeah, what Shoshenko is doing with Ukraine is um, he's doing a pretty decent job considering what well, they've only been well, they've only been around for what thirty years, and he's got them to their first quarterfinals um, of this tournament. So yeah, it won't be as easy as people think, um, but I think England should get the job done. But yeah, it it will be it'll be quite a, it'll be um, quite a cagey match, I reckon. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, right, so now we're on to the quarterfinal predictions. So the first game of the quarterfinals is Switzerland against Spain. Um, so I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Naim first as as the um, La Liga man. Um, what are your predictions for this game? Um, I'm not going to do any more predictions because I've got them horribly wrong. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I think mm, yeah, I'm going to go Spain. I think Spain will win. Um, I want to go with a. Yeah, defense is a bit terrible, so I'll go. I'll go two one Spain. I think Switzerland will score. And two. then um, Alex of Spain and Switzerland. Um, I'll go two one Spain. So you've gone two one Spain as well. Um, I've gone for three one Spain. And then Ryan, what your what your what's your prediction? I think two 0 Spain. Right, brilliant. Okay, so the next game is Belgium Italy. Now my prediction is four three Italy. I think this could be one hell of a game. I don't think it'll be very hard to beat those two games we had 
in the same day, France, Spain, and France game and the Spain game. Uh, but I think this game could be an absolute cracker. I think both teams um, have looked good both going forward, and I think both teams, um, you know, have that potential to let in some goals at the back. And I think that, um, yeah, I think both teams have. It's, I think this game could be an absolute cracker. Myself, I've gone for four three Italy. Um, Alex, what, what's your prediction? Um... It's tough. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, a hard, I find it's the hardest one to predict. I, I'm gonna have to back Italy. Um, I think I, I had this trouble over the Portugal Belgium game, and I ended up predicting that right. But I can't. I, I don't back Belgium to go through under Roberto Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same. One nil Italy. One nil Italy. Okay. Um, and Ryan. Uh, Two nil Italy. And then Naim? Yeah. Um, if, yeah if, if, if De Bruyne and Hazard are out, then yeah, I can't see Belgium winning. But I'm going to go... I'm going to go I'm gonna go for another 2-1. Italy. Okay, we're, all, again, yeah. we're all back in Spain. We're all back in Italy so far. <laughs> you know what's going to happen there, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our next game is the Czech Republic against Denmark. Um, I'm going to go for Ryan first, as he was a man who had Denmark as a surprise team. Um, Ryan, what's your prediction for this game? I think 3-1 Denmark. 3-1 Denmark, yeah. Um, and then, uh, Alex, what's your prediction? 1-0 uh, Denmark. 1-0 Denmark. Naeem? I'm going to go 1-1 and then Denmark 2-1 in extra time. And then I... Have gone for two uh, one Denmark uh, in this one. Um, so the final game, leaving the probably most um, interesting one for for listeners, is England against Ukraine. So I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go back to Naim. Um, what, what's your prediction for this game? I'm gonna go a very boring one 0 England. One 0 England, right? Okay. Um, I've gone for three 0 England. Um, and then Alex, what's your, what's your prediction? Two one England. I think Ukraine will score. 2-1 England, okay. And then final prediction, which I think could be um, an interesting one from Ryan, seeing what he said earlier. Um, what's your prediction for this game? 1-0 Ukraine. Oh, oh I knew. I just <laughs> sent you were going to do something like this. So I think, oh, that's very interesting. I mean, that would be... I said it before, that, that, I said it before but that would be so typical England if they... If they um, yeah, beat Germany. Germany and then obviously all this... <laughs> Talk of going to the final, and then they go and lose to Ukraine. That'll be, um, that'll be awful to see. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that'll be a shock. But yeah, that does conclude our um, our podcast for this week on, on our year roundup. Obviously, next week we will then look forward to the we will look forward to um, potentially a final. I mean, the game's obviously early next week, so yeah, we'll look forward to seeing who progresses from this from the quarterfinals, uh, and we'll see who ends up making the semis. So. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, I've been your host, Andy. This has been Naeem. This has been Alex. And this has been Ryan. Thanks all. Thank you, guys.